Welcome to the News and Views podcast by the Fintech Times. Established in 2016, the Fintech Times is a global multimedia news outlet centered around the world's first leading fintech newspaper. We report on the latest and brightest ideas from the fintech world. Follow the conversation using hashtag TFT News and Views and follow us at the Fintech Times. Hi, I'm Polly Jean Harrison, Features Editor at the Fintech Times. Hi, I'm Francis Bignall and I'm a journalist at the Fintech Times. Hello, 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 and welcome back once again to the News and Views podcast. We are down a man again this week. I don't know what's happening. There's something in the water. Everyone's just leaving us. It's really shocking. But Francis is back, though. So welcome back, Francis. We missed you terribly uh, last week. I don't know how we went on without you. It was honestly, it's it's the worst podcast we've ever done because you weren't there. I think I was here last week, Paul. I think you mean two weeks ago. Was it two weeks ago? I think it was two weeks ago, yeah. Oh my God, the time is just going. How are you anyway? How is your week going? My week is going very, very well. We've just been plowing through press releases left, right and centre. That sort of lull that you get in the summer, summer months where everyone's sort of going on holiday seems to have sort of died down now, even though Tyler's decided to now take a holiday. But, you know, everything's getting back in the swing of things now. So, yeah, it's been a pretty good week. How about yourself? Yeah, no, it's been all a go, like you say. I feel like September's just the time where everything just gets back to it and then suddenly you're like, oh my God, I have so much to do. Um, But an exciting week, I'm sure, for fintech. What are you going to be talking about? This week I'm going to be talking about, which I found was a really interesting and sort of almost comical article, how banks can learn from pizza delivery when it comes to customer service. That does sound really good. Uh, I love articles like that because they're brilliant. Um, And then I'm going to be talking about the slightly less comical, uh, how AI can be used to help tackle climate change, uh, which is a bit more serious. Uh, but why don't you go first with your pizza delivery article? I want to hear more. I mean, we always sort of get these articles that come in every now and then, and they they seem to be almost a little bit far-fetched. And how can we actually take this seriously? But after reading this article, I really sort of did think, you know, there's definitely some spaces to be involved. And there's definitely some things that I think are going to like strike true, especially with yourself, Polly. So the article came from Remy Brooks, head of strategy of future platforms. And in the article, he describes the impressive CX that has come out of the Domino's pizza tracker and where banks are falling down in terms of customer experience that could increase loyalty and future uptake. Brooks points out that while our banks might not arrive with something hot and tasty to eat, we do expect them to understand our needs, offer us the right products and turn up on time when we need them, something a pizza delivery brand manages to achieve with ease. Well, so he says, I mean, as I'm sure you've experienced, Polly, we've all had that late pizza delivery, but that's besides the point. What he, did, he tends to like delve into within the article is that he looks at the Domino's pizza tracker, especially, and I think this is a good point, And this is, a, like I said, something that I think was going to strike true with you. He talks about how transparent messaging can be an important part of banking apps. And he said, think of the mortgage process. It can take such a long time to sort out and with different checks and balances. But if you compare this to the Domino's pizza tracker, You can see what is happening, where your food is, and what to expect. If mortgage messaging was this clear along its path, it could help foster trust and loyalty with new and existing customers. And I remember when you were going through your sort of house buying stage, you were talking about sort of the complexities that you were experiencing and stuff like that. And I thought this was almost something that, like I said, it strikes true with you. Would this have been helpful, do you think? Like this idea of, like like that sort of pizza tracker, the little smiley thing that you always like poke in the face. Do you think it would have helped you to have something sort of guiding you along that way? Absolutely, like 100%. Um, though apparently, I learned this the other day, and I don't know if this is true or not, so please don't take my word for it, but apparently the Domino's Pizza Tracker is just a timer. 
It's not actually. I have also heard that. I'm, I'm, for the sake of the argument, I'm going to say that it's accurate and it goes. Yeah, through it is. Yeah. Telling me that it's, but I think you are right. The concept of the Domino's Pizza Tracker, yes, I think would be so helpful in every sort of big process. And like you're saying, with the mortgage, when I bought my house, we spent weeks of just going back and forth, being like, "Any updates?" And they went, "No, we'll let you know when there are any updates." And then suddenly. You know, after like a few weeks of doing that, suddenly we had like six things to do and we hadn't done them yet. And how could we have not done them yet? But we asked you before whether or not we had things you needed us to do. And it was all a big uh, mumbo jumbo pile of things. And it got to the point where we just had no clue what was going on. No one was telling us anything. We tried to ring through to like the solicitors um, and the people who were like doing our mortgage and they couldn't tell us anything. So having a Domino's pizza tracker style thing would I think be brilliant. I think a lot of places now are sort of doing online portals for stuff, aren't they? Um, you know, for like, I guess, house buying positions, financial things. But just being able to see actually where your application is up to, whether that's for a mortgage or even like for a new bank account, I'm sure that would be super easy. You know, like you've sent off your documents and there's a little smiley face going, almost there, we're just checking. I think that would be so so handy and just so helpful i think it's just all about the communication isn't it and everything in life seems to come down to communication but having just someone tell you yes it's all happening don't worry about it you don't need to do anything it's all it's all happening is just brilliant especially for these sort of like big decisions as well big life financial um processes and applications and things that you're trying to do just having that little reassurance of yes things are ticking along things are happening it would just make a world of difference for sure Absolutely. And I think the idea of like, especially with the Domino's Pizza Tracker, it is so inviting, if you know what I mean. It's not complicated. It is very simple. There's the six stages that it goes around. And I think when you look into some portals, for example, I think they're not always going to be as clear cut. So I think this idea of having just a single page, which sort of rotates around and says, this is exactly where you're at. The simplicity and the, the communication that that would bring across it definitely would foster, I think, loyalty and customer retention. In addition to spreading good news as well, because people would see that and definitely spread it. And it's exactly what banks would want in order to grow. Another interesting point within the article that Brooks talks about is that AI chatbots have obviously come a long way in the last few years with the sort of development of technology and stuff like that. But when it comes to big money decisions, you sometimes just want that human aspect. And we've spoken about this before, the idea of digital versus human. But it goes back to this point of communication is so important. And with something that is going to take up as much money and be as big as a life decision, as you said, like a mortgage, I really think that, you know, you really need that human connection. And that is something that banks, especially challenger banks, are forgetting because, well, challenger banks are digitally native, aren't they? You don't, There is no physical branch. There is no necessary human interaction so i wanted to get your thoughts on that as well do you think banks need to put an added emphasis on i suppose human interaction that's a really interesting point and a really interesting question i think the answer to that is always going to be yes you know i think people like talking to people it's nice to have that personal touch um in a lot of things especially for something so big as like finances and stuff and it can be very impersonal and especially when you're just a consumer who maybe doesn't understand exactly kind of what's happening what's going on it is helpful to have a person there but I think what is also handy by being this whole like digitally native world that we have is that personal interaction I don't think necessarily has to come from 
a human you know like we don't necessarily need to have chloe from the bank ringing you up every five minutes to say this is this everything's fine don't worry about it i think it can come from automated sources and i think it can come from you know different like like we're saying about the domino's pizza tracker i think that's a perfect example of sort of personal touches and adding a human element to something without getting a human involved at all you you don't necessarily need to have a person there because you know it's unachievable realistically let's all be honest it's it you can't have a person at a bank or you know an insurance company or whatever sitting there just ringing their customers to making sure they're okay as much as we'd all love that it's just not a good use of their time and i think that's a great way where automation and ai and all those other wonderful things can come in whereas like you can give you that personal experience and that personalized touch and that feeling of you being looked after without actually having a person involved at all other than maybe pushing the button to send you that email to say is everything okay or something like that and i think that's where going digital and having banks go digital can really make a huge difference definitely and i think there are probably elements that you know calling and actually speaking to someone would be more beneficial but i think like you sort of said if you have this added reassurance that you are being taken care of if you can see something simple that's communicating what it needs to communicate well then you you don't become as reliant on it because you just don't need to you know what's happening you're in the loop and i think that's a big thing that banks and financial institutions in general need to sort of prioritize is this idea of making sure the customer is in the loop because then if they are, then you don't need to put resources towards dealing with things that you, as, as an institution, you don't want to deal with. So, yeah, yeah. I found it a very, oh, sorry, go on. No, just to sort of really piggyback off that point super quickly, that I th- you're absolutely right with everything you said there. And I think just as a, as a note is to that, we need to have that um, customer, the loop within the customer journey and having that communication there. But then also at some point there does need to be a button to press to get you through to the the real person, isn't it? That they need to be, they need to back that up with someone who can who can help. So if you get that communication through and you think, oh, hang on a minute, I don't understand, then you need to be able to go through to someone who can like physically help you. But having the the first point of call as the Domino's Pizza Tracker, I think, is brilliant. Sorry. To... Yeah, no, it's all right. It's not always necessary to have that like last person to call or that last little bit to, to have the human interaction. But in some instances it is. And yeah, I just found the article to be very, very interesting. I thought it was a great analogy to make. And I mean, I would be all in favor if my bank decided to make a little smiley face that was telling me how things were going. I'm surprised they haven't. Surely, like, that's such a styling on Monzo thing, surely. You would have thought so, but apparently not apparently not but then it does kind of make me think of going back to like clippy for microsoft word having a little like do you remember are you Uh, old enough to remember clippy i am i am hashtag justice for clippy bring him back (laughs) just to have you know like you're just doing your banking you're about to transfer your your friends and and he pops up and says "Hmm, do you really want to spend all that money on pizza I'll, I could do with that. That, to be that, fair. that would be funny. I would be all in favor. Yeah. Actually, I don't think I would. Then, I, then I'd be spending less money on pizza. It could be. It would be a little piggy bank. That's what it would be. This is an idea. Hang, hang on. 2.0. Copyright. Someone write this down. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Brilliant. Anyway, so I mean, I guess moving on from from that fantastic article um, to climate change, which is slightly less uh, fun and a bit more serious, I suppose. Um, but you could you could make 
saving the planet fun isn't that the whole point but anyway uh this article uh that i found was all about how ai can help tackle climate change so there's a new report uh titled how ai can be a powerful tool in the fight against climate change from the ai for the planet alliance um and this basically found that 87 percent of public and private sector leaders who oversee climate and ai topics believe that ai is a valuable asset in the fight against climate change um, and I guess this kind of struck me because it, it's I thought, oh, well, how how can AI be involved in climate change? We hear a lot at the moment about hey, how AI is involved in like finances and all sorts of the rest. But, you know, obviously, AI is just in, embedded everywhere uh, in the world. So I thought, oh, OK, climate change, an interesting one. Um, but basically, based on the survey results, the report found that about 40% of organisations can envision using AI for their own climate efforts. Um, however, among these experts, there is a widespread agreement that significant barriers to broaden adoption remain in place. So basically, the whole gist of this article is we can use AI to help fight climate change, uh, but there are a lot of reasons why that isn't necessarily currently happening um, and so just some of the ideas of how you can use AI in uh, climate change. One of the most critical uses is in the measurement, reduction and removal of emissions and greenhouse gas effects. So over 60% of public and private sector leaders see the greatest business value for their organisations in the reduction and measurement of emissions. Um, and by using AI, you can drive the reductions um, of 5% to 10% of greenhouse gas emissions. So you can basically, it's kind of all in the monitoring um, and using it that way. And so if you monitor how much emissions you're taking out, then you can take steps to reduce it. Um, and then, you know, there's other things as well, like residences, um, integrating AI to like sort of track and reduce the carbon footprint that kind of follows on from that. And just generally sort of enhancing overall operations efficiency and reducing resource usage. There's just loads of ways that AI can help you go green. But then sort of as a as a flip side to that, there are also a lot of ways in that it's very difficult to implement AI to help you go green. Um, and even though there is a lot of critical uses for AI in the climate change arena, any successful AI solutions must be user friendly and readily accessible. And that's kind of the crux of the matter as to why it's not necessarily happening at the moment, because people don't really know how to use it or it's a bit too complicated to use. Um, and it also needs to offer tangible benefits to the user and provide clear recommendations that are easy to act on. Um, and therefore, AI solutions need more meaningful support, including access to capital investment, uh, decision makers and trained practitioners. And there was a great quote at the end of the article, which is basically, AI has a strong promise to help solve the climate crisis, but AI alone is not enough. It depends on the will of decision makers to act and make necessary changes, supported in part by AI or other emerging technologies. And I think that's kind of the critical argument here is that are we looking at AI as the magic wand? Is artificial intelligence, you know, are people looking to that to see, oh, there we go. It's a quick fix to all our problems. Perfect. Let's get that done. And then actually in actuality, it's a little bit more complicated than that. And obviously there's a lot more things to be involved and processes and blah, 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 blah. So, I mean, Francis, what do you think on this? Obviously, I feel like this is a huge topic and there's a lot to sort of unpack, but essentially, is AI going to be a good fix to climate change or do you agree in that it is kind of it's the quick fix solution that people aren't necessarily considering in full and actually there's a lot more work that goes into it than just oh yeah ai will fix everything 
Definitely the latter. I think this idea that you're going to have just one bit of technology to come in and it was going to solve everything is just ludicrous, if I'm being honest. There's no other real word for it because climate change is something that we are going to have to act on as humans, that we need to make sure that we are doing something actively to change. Simply just introducing a measurement that, or a, a product, I should say, that's all it's going to do is measure how much, how many carbon emissions are being made and, the, and so on. Yeah, fantastic. You know how much uh, how much energy is being wasted, how much impact you're having, then what? You know, I mean, you can't just say, oh, we've got something in place that's going to stop all this stuff from happening because it, it's not going to stop it from happening. It's just going to make you aware of the negative impact that you're having on, on the world. So I feel like it definitely shouldn't be seen as a one thing wonder that's going to solve it, solve it all. That's just a cop out, in my opinion, because as as it mentioned in the article, talking about keeping an eye on your carbon footprint there are, we've got tons of apps that are that are currently tracking your carbon footprint if you look in the, in finance for example there are a variety of different banks and financial institutions and fintechs even that are putting a heavy emphasis on carbon uh, on your carbon footprint tracking how much impact you're having but again it's all well and good tracking all this but if you're not going to act on it then it's kind of like what's the point theoretically I think AI's implementation could be extremely helpful. Of course, as it as you mentioned, it's one of those things, and of course we're going to hark back to it because we always do. It's almost like a sponsor at this point. Financial education. You've got to make sure people know what they're doing. And the only way that this can happen is through financial education. People need to understand how AI can be helpful. And once they understand how it can be helpful, then they can make that impactful change. The stuff that I'm talking about, this idea that you, know, you have all the, the information there, make a difference and then uh, as you were talking i also had this idea of why not merge a tracker with it you know why not make a little smiley face and like have a little reward section like something that's just going around saying you're making a great change do you know what i mean like brilliant something to act on look just put a tracker on everything that's my solution (laughs) i love it brilliant no i think you made some really valid points there and i agree with with everything that you have just said I think maybe the way you need to go about thinking about using AI, and I think maybe it's using AI in any situation, not necessarily just in this context of climate change, is that it is very much a tool. You know, you wouldn't pick up a hammer and then, you know, just expect the hammer to go and hammer your nails in. Like, you physically have to do that. You just use the hammer to do that task. Exactly. And I think that's kind of the way we need to think about AI as well. AI is merely the tool. You can't just push the button, let it go, and suddenly the planet's saved yay it's very much a no 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 you have to use that tool and use it effectively otherwise there's no point in using it at all and i think that's something that a lot of people might sort of trip up on us exactly because when you hear about the latest technology you think oh the latest technology is going to solve everything so once you hear about the latest ai that's making a difference you think oh all i need to do is implement that ai and i can say that i've made a change and it's like no you can't you're the one that has to do something all the ai is doing is enabling you to do that thing better yeah, absolutely. And I think that that is literally where the situation is. And I guess it does come down to as well, a lot of sort of decision makers and sort of higher ups as well. Maybe they don't understand as well. So they, they turn to the the people who do know the AI and think, OK, go on then. Off you go. Fix everything. And actually, there's a bit more to it than that. And maybe that's where the problem comes in. And that's where good old financial education uh, comes in. Other brands are available. <laughs> but um, no, yeah, I completely agree with that. And I think. 
again is this one to like look out on i guess so and to see what kind of comes next with it but i get also ai does sort of just tick away in the background doesn't it so i will probably won't hear too much about it and it'll just happen it is one of them though that i think you know you've got to keep an eye on it otherwise mm. you're never gonna see that change that you want you know how you could though you could see that change with a tracker <laughs> you could see that change <laughs> with a tracker exactly who needs ai when you've got a tracker <laughs> you can just track it you could just track it you could just track it amazing anyway moving on then we'll le- we'll park that one there um and we'll ponder on that in our own time but if you are interested in any of the stories say any of the stories any of the two stories that we've discussed today head on over to uh, the Fintech Times website where you can read them or you can read any other fantastic uh, news and views that we have on the Fintech world at the moment. Um, And I guess, you know, we should just do what I learned this week. So each week we learn so much new stuff every week um, about the Fintech industry. It all crosses our desks and we just take in so much information that we thought it'd be great to share it with our listeners. So Francis, what did you learn this week? Apart from that pizza trackers are amazing. I wish I could say it's like last week, just nothing. Just pizza trackers are amazing. No, I'm joking. <laughs> so this week I learned that Revolut is the top most searched digital bank in Europe with the number of countries where the bank is in the top three most searched being 43. Wise is the second most searched country, at, uh, sorry, the second most searched bank in 42 different countries. And then there's a radical drop to 18 in third place as... N26 has almost or over 20 less uh, searches. So I found it very interesting that Wise and Revolut were were so popular. That is very interesting. And then uh, what I learned this week was that variable recurring payments could help address issues uh, with subscription spending. Um, so how many times have, have you had a subscription that you completely forgot about and it's taking money out of your account every month and you only remember six months down the line and suddenly you're 200 quid in the hole? Uh, that's happened to me quite a few times. Uh, but apparently variable recurring payments, according to TreeLayer, uh, could really help address some of these issues, including transparency and control issues when it comes to subscription spending. So apparently three quarters of Brits are spending money on subscriptions that they don't regularly use. And uh, VRP could help that. So I think that's another another tick for variable recurring payments that we're hearing. I, I mean, we're hearing a lot of buzz about that at the moment. So I think it'd be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, but that does bring us to the end of our podcast today. Francis, it has been a great fun. Tyler doesn't. Tyler has no idea what he's missed out on. He's missed out. He's missed out. He, he's missed out. This is a good one. Like, th- this yeah, is a good one. This is so, a doozy. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, some of them we do and I'm like, hmm, that was all right. But like, no, this one's a good one. No, this one's a good one. Uh, thank you so much for joining me. And I guess I'll see you next week. Absolutely. It was very enjoyable. See you next week where hopefully Tyler will be back. Nah, we'll see. (laughs) See you next week. Thanks for listening to the News and Views podcast by the Fintech Times. Don't miss next week's episode and continue the conversations using hashtag TFT News and Views and follow us at the Fintech Times.